Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Nutrigenomic Nation podcast with Brian Highfield, certified nutritionist, author, speaker, and founder of multiple successful companies in the health world. Brian is known for educating healthcare professionals and others on improving their health and their life through breakthroughs in nutrition, technology, and biochemistry. On the podcast, Brian interviews thought leaders in the world of nutrition and natural health. He and his guests share the secrets of a whole life natural approach to health and the life-altering results you can get by making easy changes to your diet and daily routine. Well, welcome to another episode of Nutrigenomic Nation, where we talk about topics related to your genetic health. And so I want to welcome everybody to the program. Today, we have another special guest. We have Dr. Tara Scott. So Dr. Scott has been speaking and educating people for over 10 years and have taught different doctors uh, over the world, really. And, and uh, I'm kind of jealous uh, uh, I'm kind of envious that she's doing a TEDx talk uh, this fall, which would be awesome. Um, and she's been involved with integrative medicine for, for quite some time. And so welcome to the program, Dr. Scott. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for doing this. For sure. And so I know our audience wants to get to know you a little bit. And so can you give us a little bit, uh, a snapshot of your background and what really made you want to get involved in healthcare? Uh, yeah, well, I got the call from like very young. I always knew I wanted to be a doctor and I was a doctor at age 23. I uh, did college in two years, graduated from medical school and um, decided to do OBGYN because as a young person, I was a little, still a little intimidated by male patients, honestly. So I got my start very traditionally. Awesome. So uh, was there, was there a, a health event or, I mean, really what... Um... A lot of people, they get involved in medicine because they were, they were experiencing something themselves. Is that the case with you? Not necessarily why I got into medicine, but definitely has to do with what I do now. Um, as an OBGYN, uh, when it came time for me to try to get pregnant, we struggled with infertility and I had to take a lot of infertility medications to get the kids that we do have. Had a lot of failed cycles. So I really became interested in women's hormones um, and really specialized in that. I became a certified menopause practitioner. But then 14 years ago, my brother suddenly passed away at the age of 38. Mm. He had a heart attack while he was hiking and he did have risk factors. He actually had all the risk factors for heart disease, but to traditional medicine, he was healthy. So that really affected the way I practice medicine. And I decided to do um, focus more on wellness and prevention because I feel his death was totally preventable. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a lot of situations like that. And I, and we talk a lot about prevention. We talk about people really needing to take control of their own health rather than being reactive and waiting to get sick and then going to the doctor and saying, okay, doctor, fix me. And so uh, do you think that's the right approach? Yeah. So I'm married to an emergency room doctor and that's his approach, right? <laughs> you're not <laughs> dying, you're healthy. So it's a big topic of discussion at our house. But no, I, I don't agree with that. And that is the way we are trained in traditional medicine. And I get it. It works for gunshot wounds and, and you know pathology and tumors and all that. Like, why would you worry about cancer until you got it? 
specifically, but Mm -hmm. with things like heart disease and even things that I'm passionate about, like breast cancer, diabetes, my brother was a diabetic. I mean, those are things that are preventable. So that's why I focus on that now today. Great. So uh, have you given this TED Talk yet or is that upcoming? It's on the 23rd of October. Awesome. So what, what is your topic going to be on this TEDx talk? So my topic is basically on stress and tools to manage it. So two years ago, uh, my family was in a plane crash and my oldest daughter is paralyzed now Mm. because of it from a spinal cord injury. So prior to that, obviously being an integrative and functional medicine, I studied a lot about cortisol and things like that. And so this is kind of like my talk is about what actually, well, first of all, what actually worked in that time of stress and also why you shouldn't wait to address your stress until, you know, a critical moment. So that's basically what I'm talking about. Yeah. And and so let's, let's dive into stress a little bit, because uh, I think most people don't realize the, the true impact that stress can have on their health. And we we all suffer from stress. I mean, it's, it's our job, it's our family, it's, it's all these different obligations pulling us in different directions. I mean, talk a little bit about uh, the impact it can have on our health. So I think it's this just slow, insidious thing. And our bodies were designed to combat, you know, life or death stress, like the caveman, you know, you either get eaten by that bear or not. And the problem is today, thankfully, many of us don't have a brush with death. But what we have is chronic unrelenting stress with no reprieve. It's designed for fight or flight, rest and restoration. And, you know, obviously, I'm coming at it a lot from a hormone perspective, because that's my specialty, but high cortisol disrupts your glucose metabolism and increases your risk of diabetes, increases your risk of heart disease. And people with problems with their cortisol after cancer might have a poor prognosis. From a female hormone perspective, it certainly can um, affect the way your body processes estrogen. And from a male perspective, it can deplete your testosterone. So those also have implications in longevity for sure. Um, You know, the low testosterone in women and also in men has been associated with an increase in all causes of mortality. Mm. So um, so it's something that, you know, for men, there's probably been more traction with testosterone replacement, but not as much for women. It's still considered taboo for some reason by most providers. But um, I think the point is, is that, you know, yeah, you might think, yeah, I'm stressed. Yeah, I'm stressed. Yeah, I'm stressed. But you might not consciously think this is what stress is doing to my body. And yeah, I'm stressed and I've put on weight in the abdomen, but you're not thinking this visceral fat is a problem for my heart. Right. So, yeah. So what's your, what's your number one or, or top three tips for to help people really manage their stress? Well, in, in my years of, of practicing integrative medicine, so about 15 plus years, I mean, I, you know, we tried all kinds of supplements, all kinds of this and that, and, and basically whatever the patient is going to be consistent with is, but the thing that made them move the needle the most was really meditation. Um, and so it's really come in vogue now with everybody experiencing stress with the pandemic. And I, now I know some of the apps were free for healthcare workers or just for people. Um, and with the advent of YouTube and apps, it is more accessible for patients, for everybody. That's the biggest one. And the, the, the second one, w- which may not be known as well as something called heart math or heart rate variability. I mean, heart math is one type of heart rate variability monitoring. There's a couple different ways you can do it. There's quite a bit of data on how that can actually increase your DHEA, which is a hormone in your adrenal gland, and lower your cortisol with no supplements, no treatment, just monitoring 
and adjusting your heart rate variability. So my aura ring, you know, monitors mm -hmm. my heart rate variability. I think the Apple watches do now. I'm not really sure how they do that, but a lot of wearables will do. So that's an objective measurement of stress. Like you can say, you know, I can say you look stressed, Brian, or you can say I am stressed, but those are objective measurements, right? Or I'm sorry, subjective. You just mm -hmm. feel stress. Right. How do we know what stress is actually doing at the cellular level? And certainly with your nutrigenomics, you get that. You get those physiology and, and, and those enzyme reaction that to the person consciously, you don't know. You don't know if your TNF alpha or whatever is high, low, whatever. And that's the biohacking that now, since we've been able to actually map the human genome about what, 18 years ago, 2003, mm -hmm. we can apply this, which is fascinating. So absolutely. Uh, now you, you, you founded uh, this practice called Revitalize and, and you created this online Revitalize Academy. Um, so you set up this practice and what are people seeking you out for? What are they suffering or what are their symptoms or what are they experiencing that causes them to seek you out? So being an OBGYN, most people in my community knew me for being able to manage menopausal symptoms and prescribe bioidentical hormones. So that's kind of where it started. But I have a naturopathic doctor that works with me, another MD. They do, you know, male hormone optimizations. But now we're seeing so many people with gut issues, with uh, bacterial overgrowth, with um, food intolerances, with stress-related ailments, metabolic problems, you know, pre-diabetics that were trying to optimize their body chemistry, their diet, their nutrients to prevent diabetes, heart disease, all those kind of things, cholesterol issues. So it's really expanded into more wellness. I would say the majority of, of our patients are still women, but women kind of drive that in the household, right? right. I mean, it, what, what, that's what happens is the, the woman comes in and then, hey, my, my husband, Bob, isn't feeling so great. Can you see him? And that's kind of how it works, right? So um, that's what we mainly do, but it kind of anything preventative, um, that is going like really what, what your mission is too, is to promote longevity. Right, right. What about, uh, talk a little bit about inf infertility and, and, and something that um, I know a lot of our friends struggle with, um, but what are, what are some of the, uh, what are the, what are the, what are the, uh, some of the common things that people can do to really uh, help with their fertility levels? So, um, you know, had I known what I know now when I went through it, I'm wondering if I would have had infertility. So for me, I had Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune thyroid condition. Um, I wasn't ovulating all the time and I had a problem with estrogen detoxification. So I had SNPs with COMT and MTHFR, um, which are associated with miscarriages and also with something called estrogen dominance, where you don't have enough progesterone and progesterone is necessary to sustain the pregnancy until the placenta can take over. Um, so that is, and that's also a reason why, you know, you have less conception as well. So if I knew what I knew now, you know, I needed to take the right kind of B supplements to uh, help my body have the right amount of folate, you know? So a lot of, of what we do for um, getting rid of estrogen is nutrigenomics, you know? I needed to, you need to hit those detox pathways. And then also same with thyroid, eliminating gluten, you know, can cause less inflammation if you have thyroid antibodies that are positive. Um, so many people come, we do not prescribe fertility medications, but we kind of do a natural approach, which would be hormone balancing, make sure progesterone is optimized. Nutrient deficiencies are huge nowadays, right? Just general nutrients that you need for your chemicals. 
And so we look at that. We look at toxin exposures as well. And so I had a patient who was older. She was 46 and she was going to infertility specialist and she had a overgrowth of yeast. And so she had a few sale failed cycles. And during an off cycle, we cleaned up her gut, we treated her yeast overgrowth, and she conceived. Now, again, she had assistance, but still she hadn't conceived even with the uh, fertility drugs for four or five cycles. And then she did conceive right after that. I think she's she's about due any time now. So wow. um, yeah, I mean, obviously at 46, your stakes are against you with fertility, but what they were doing wasn't successful until we cleaned up her gut. Right. Right. That's a great success story uh, right there. Um, and I think it helps give, give people hope that there's other things outside of drugs that they can do that's, that's going to help with that. Um, what if, uh, one of my favorite questions to ask guests here, if, if you had a stage, you're in a stadium, you've got tens of thousands of people uh, all there to listen to you and they're interested in improving their health and well-being, um, what, what's your top advice for those folks? What would you say to that crowd to, to help them uh, live their lives as long as possible, as healthy as possible. So my two kind of disease processes that I'm really passionate about, one is obviously diabetes. Um, my brother had very poor control of his diabetes, right? And, and, I, and the doctor actually told him that in his 20s, that if you mm. don't get control of this, this is going to kill you. And, you know, he was 25 at the time. He said, okay, not knowing. I'm sure if he knew now that 13 years later, he would be gone. I think he would have been more serious about his blood sugar, right? So... That's one thing is, yes, type 1 diabetes is, is not necessarily preventable, but type 2 absolutely is and is reversible. And those rates are ascending like crazy in the United States. And what do we attribute that to? You know, basically a lot of it is our diet. Some of it's our metabolism and our hormone balance. And there was a study done, and I can't remember the... Um, the time, the time, but it's been since repeated recently within the last couple of years and the leading causes of death are attributed to what you do with your feet, your fork and your fingers, right? Mm. So how much you move and especially with everything being via Zoom, people are sedentary. So movement, you know, obviously this fingers is smoking. We're pretty good on that. We're winning yeah. the war on that. I think a lot less people do that, but the fork, that's the one thing you do have control over is what you put in your mouth. And it's funny because some patients come to me, they really don't know what's a macro. What do you, what should I be eating? You mean it's not okay to eat cereal every morning, you know, whatever they might not know, but there's actually some people who you tell them and they still, nope, I'm not eliminating gluten. You know, I'm not going to stop, you know, whatever it is. So the battle on food and the, the advertising and everything, making it so hard and the sugar and how, I mean, people know what chemicals, you know, what that does to your brain, to craving and everything. So those would be my platforms. I mean, you get your diet under control. So many things will drop off. So the second thing is breast cancer. I mean, we, we should not, we should be focusing on early detection, but why are we not preventing this? I mean, there are so many signs that link you, if women knew, you know what, if you have heavy periods, if you have infertility, if you have fibroid tumors or endometriosis, you're at risk for breast cancer and you should eat this, 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 and do this and take this supplement. Do you think they would do it? Absolutely. So why are they not told that? And even further, patients come to me after the diagnosis of breast cancer, they get their surgery, they get their chemo, radiation, whatever. And then they're like, okay, see you when it comes back, right? Or if it comes back, they probably don't say when. And they're asking their doctors, well, what should I eat or what should I do? Oh, not, none of that matters. Well, yeah, I mean, I have a couple of publications coming out um, 
medical letter or something, a Boston medical letter or something that they're focusing because October is breast cancer awareness. That's right. Yeah. So um, that's kind of like when I really push this stuff. So why are we not saying, Hey, you know what? You have endometriosis. Do you know that endometriosis is a high estrogen pathology and you could be at risk for breast cancer? Recent studies saying decreasing dairy or eliminating it, eating more fiber, substituting red meat for poultry more often. I mean, people would do that. That's not that hard. Right. Right. Simple, simple things that could uh, have a huge payoff there at the end. Is there a, is something, and we're running out of time here, but is there a topic or anything that we haven't discussed today that you really want our audience to, uh, to hear? Well, you know, those are the big things about kind of what you're focusing on is prevention and and think Mm -hmm. about it this way. Are you somebody who saves for retirement? I mean, I think more people say you don't have to save for retirement, right? But if you do, your retirement will be better. You actually don't even have to go to the dentist every six months, right? You could wait till you have a problem and you don't even have to change your oil when they tell you to do it. But do you choose to? Why don't we think of investing in our health as investing like in your 401k? Why are you so, uh, you, you put so much energy in your kid's health, but you don't put energy in your own health to be there for your kid, you know? So we, women are like, when they're pregnant, they'll eat so much better because they're carrying the baby. What about eating so much better so you're around for that kid's wedding, you know? Right. What about thinking about it that way? And so I know it's busy. I know it's not easy to make, it's easier to just do the fast choice, right? And so it does take some commitment, but after you do it for a certain while, like making exercise a habit, you know, making healthy diet choices, it, it, it's very easy. It's, it might be overwhelming at first, but- Right, I mean, then it becomes a natural routine and then you don't even think about it. Yeah. So food, I mean, I would almost rather someone do the food, change the diet than take any supplement that I could recommend. I mean, sometimes you do need supplements and prescriptions, but the problem is I can't get people to be that committed with their diet. That's right. No, I I love those analogies because people do, they, they change the oil in their car uh, every 3000 miles or uh, they go to the dentist every six months, but they, they don't uh, really take care of uh, themselves and they just wait for a problem. Then go to the doctor and say, Hey, you know, fix me. And by then it's too late. The doctor's like, well, I can give you something to cope with it, but, um, you know, the damage is already done. Well, right. You're right. Then it becomes, let's treat the symptoms. Let's not treat the cause. So that doesn't do much. Exactly. So how can our audience uh, connect with you or, or find out more about what you do with uh, Revitalize? So I'm always trying to motivate people and, and put free content out on Instagram. I'm Revitalize Med. I'm also on TikTok. I never thought I'd say I'd get on TikTok, but <laughs> I am getting on TikTok because I, you at least have a wider audience. So I'm a hormone guru on TikTok. And as you mentioned, I do have an online course. And the reason I did that is because I've been teaching doctors, lecturing. I just did a lecture to the OBGYN residents this morning. And uh, people were saying, you know, can you put that out for us? So if you have that motivated person that says, I can't come to see you, I live in a different state, or I don't know how to do this, um, then, you know, um, then they can watch the online course. It's 14 modules. They're short, short, you know, 10 minute tops that actually walks you through. What do your hormones do? How, what are the control of your hormones? What are the symptoms? We do talk about estrogen metabolism and genomics actually. And we talk about, you know, candida and gut and give them actionable steps that if they can't find someone to work with them, 
um, then they can maybe do some things on their own. There is a shortage of integrative and functional medicine providers. And what I'm finding is there's even more a shortage of hormone experts. Mm. So I'm, I'm amazed at how little there is. And of course, there's the issue of not just accessibility and costs and everything. So unfortunately, not everybody can afford to pay cash for some of these programs um, with functional medicine. So we're, I think as a whole, uh, uh, integrative and functional medicine doctors are trying to be mindful of that and see how we can reach maybe the underserved or how we can give, we have a scholarship at our practice, a BIPOC scholarship for patients. Um, so, you know, we're trying to do those things, but then there is also the reality that insurance doesn't really reimburse right. us either. So it's that <laughs> fine line between that, right? So those are the ways that most patients will engage through our online course. Sometimes we do challenges through that, that we've had, we're, we're getting ready to launch another boot camp next week. We had seven countries and 13 states represented when we did that in March. So that's a way women can, you know, get lectures every day and have a group challenge that can help them make these changes in their diet, environment, lifestyle, and everything. That's that's great, and and uh, how great would it be if insurance companies actually funded some some of this uh, integrative medicine and these preventative approach rather than just funding uh, traditional health healthcare? How how much yeah. healthier of a nation we or of a world we'd be if that happened? Well, the, you know, and there are some statistics to that how much it would save, but I don't know. I think we're just inundated with sick care, especially now during a yep. pandemic. You know, so. yeah, we call it healthcare, but it's you're right; it's really sick care. Yeah. Yeah, well, awesome. thank you for what you do, because obviously somebody might hear this and somebody might get motivated to be proactive about their health as well. And you know, I appreciate that. And that's really our purpose out there is to arm people with information and empower them to really self-educate and do what they can to uh, make themselves and their families more healthy. So uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much. We're out of time. I love I love the discussion. And I know, I know our audience has enjoyed this episode. So our guest today has been Dr. Tara Scott. Uh, who is the founder of Revitalize, a medical practice focused on wellness. And she created the Revitalize Academy. So a course for patients uh, to improve their hormone problems and themselves. So thank you so much, Dr. Tara Scott. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.